Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome Deloyer Business Advantage, Nikki Rausch, CEO of Sales Maven. Nikki, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's great having you on the podcast today. And you were recently on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast. What was one insight that you got from that podcast? Well, really what I got from that podcast is whether you're a woman lawyer or you're a lawyer or you're anybody in business, that sales and selling skills are still such a critical part in order to be successful in business. And it doesn't really matter what you're selling, but you've got to have those skills. Yeah. And we've got news, Nikki and I both, for all the attorneys that are listening today. So attorney entrepreneurs, guess what? You're in the business of sales. Sorry to break it to you, but it's true. You can call it business development or client acquisition or whatever you want. It's still sales. You can put any spin on the name that you want to. And if you're not bringing revenue into the business, you have a hobby and not a business. So, Love that quote. Well, we're going to quote it in our notes, (laughs) I should say. And everyone, just by way of introduction, Nikki has a tremendous track record. She has over 25 years of experience in sales, not just selling to people, but also to businesses. And by businesses, I mean, organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and other organizations like NASA. And believe me, if you can sell to the government in research, you can pretty much sell to anyone. And Nikki has received a lot of awards for her her sales performance. So Nikki, let's dispel maybe one myth right now. When lawyers hear the word sales, the ick factor just goes way up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you're talking about sales for attorneys, how would you describe that type of a sale? The reason there's an ick factor is because somebody somewhere has been on the receiving end of having sales done to them. And that feels manipulative and gross. Sales actually is something that you do with another person. There's a collaborative piece to it. So instead of thinking about sales as something you do to somebody, when you start approaching the conversation as this is a with conversation, it takes that pressure off because now you're not here to try to convince anybody to buy from you. Now you're here to understand, does this person have a need? Do I have a possible solution for them? Do I have permission to put it in front of them? And if so, let's go. Now we're ready. And the conversation is much more natural and flows in a genuine way. That is a fantastic answer. And one thing that jumped out in your answer was permission to put it in front of them. Um, What did you mean by that? What I mean by that is... You know, we all are on the receiving end right now of having people show up in our inbox and on our text messages and being like, hey, I I looked at your website. You should totally hire me. We do this. We do that. Your social media needs some help, right? Like those people show up and it feels gross because they don't actually have permission to sell to us. So I teach that through questions, you can ask permission. And when somebody gives you permission, now they're ready to actually hear your offer. So for instance, if you're in a consult with a potential client and they're explaining kind of their situation and what they're looking for help with, instead of just saying like, here's the solution, here's how to hire me, instead say, based on what you've shared, 
this is something that I could support you on. And we do work with clients like that in a certain way. Are you interested in hearing about our process? Now the person can say yes. yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then now you have permission to talk through like there's a retainer or however your, your law office functions. And now they're ready to hear it. They just gave you permission. So now you're once you've got permission, now you can sell. But selling before you've got permission usually turns people off. Yeah, really well said. One of the things that I really like about asking questions during the sales process is that it also builds trust. Yeah. And it allows you to learn more about their situation. I mean, there's so many advantages to asking really good questions. Nikki, what are some of your favorite questions that are kind of go-tos either that you teach or that you use in a sales conversation that an attorney can ask their client or potential client? (laughs) One of the questions that I do recommend kind of across the board is to ask what's important to you in regards to whatever the topic is that you guys are talking about. You need to know what those key critical things are that they're going to speak about when you ask that question, because essentially that's them saying, like, here's the step-by-step guide of how to lay out an offer to me that meets my needs. So you need to know what's important to them. And a follow-up question to that is, okay, so what will having that do for you? Because when you ask these two questions, first, what's important to you? Chances are nobody else has asked them that question. And because they haven't been asked that question, they haven't identified yet the answer. And they need to hear their answer to what's important in their own voice and in their own way. So that when you put an offer in front of them that makes sense, that meets those criteria, now it's like, oh, this is so satisfying because I feel like you're speaking right to the heart of what I'm looking for. And then what will having that do for you is really a, a question that you ask when they give you a very surface answer. It's a way to go deeper, to go like, really, what's the heart of the matter here? Like, what will having that do for you? Because sometimes the answer to that question is like the ringer. That's the question that if that isn't met, there's no reason to continue the conversation. And or it'll help you identify, are you even talking to an ideal client? Because if they're giving you an answer to what will having that do for you, that is out of alignment with your business, then you can respectfully decline and what I call bless and release the people who aren't the right fit. You have some great terms. I love the bless oh, and thank release, you. release term. That's really, really cool. And uh, attorneys, by the way, if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, that's such an obvious question. Of course, if someone wants a divorce, what would it mean to me? The answer to that's obvious. You know, I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. But you would be surprised. And if you feel like it's a stupid question, let the client know and say, look, I apologize in advance if this sounds like a dumb question, but what would that mean to you? And you would be so surprised at the answers that you get uh, from your potential clients. It will, it's way more than just the legal matter that you're doing for them. And what that's, this is one of the reasons why I love working with attorneys is because attorneys do life-changing work, whether they're corporate attorneys affecting employers and employees, or whether they're family law attorneys or real estate attorneys we're solving the biggest problems of our clients. And that is a tremendous honor and something that you can definitely dig into and you should dig into during a conversation with a potential client. Nikki, you know, one of the challenges we have with attorneys is attorneys are incredibly bright people. They're super smart. They know a lot. And a lot of their kind of professional identity is wrapped up in knowing a lot about the area of the law. I mean, that's, you know, knowledge of your subject area of law is kind of fundamental. And 
the more knowledge you have, the the better you're capable of helping your clients. Um, but knowledge, especially during the sales process, can also be such a limiting, <laughs> can actually be such a weakness. The more you know, the weaker you can be in the sales process. What do you think about that, Nikki? I think so many things about that. <laughs> I, I want to unpack that so, yeah. so much. So that is absolutely true, right? Like the lawyer, the person listening to this call, of course you're an expert and of course you know so much and you probably can talk on your particular area of the law or maybe just the law in general. You could probably talk for days and days and days about it. But the problem is that what you know is not as important in order to earn this person's business as what is their problem? What is their struggle? What are they looking to achieve? And then if you can tailor your knowledge to show how your knowledge fits that, how your knowledge is going to help solve that problem and meet that need and attach to whatever that desire, that want is, now it is like really speaking that person's language. So it's one of those things that sometimes when you know so much, either one of two things happen. You either word vomit all over the client, you miss some of the important like nuances you don't comment on things that they actually need to hear in order for them to say yes to hiring you because you assume like you already know what it is so you don't need to comment on it. This is why asking questions actually is more important than anything you can say is asking the questions and finding out what are the key things, what are the criteria, what are the things that are important to this particular client. And then you can tailor your presentation, your your offer, your ways to work with you to meet those needs. And now it feels it feels customized, even though it's not. It's still you just being you and sharing your expertise. So that's one big piece I want to say about it. And then there's one other piece, but I want to check in before I keep going <laughs> with you. Please no. Keep going. Okay. Now, the other thing that can happen sometimes is because you know so much, this stuff feels really easy to you. It's almost like breathing. Like you don't even have to think that much about it because you can recall these things, you know all of these things. And so in a sales conversation, what can sometimes happen is you can offer little pieces of advice because it's based on your expertise. And you think that by giving these little pieces of advice, that's going to really like show and demonstrate your expertise. So of course, they're going to hire you. But actually what happens in those situations when you start giving free advice, it's like I, I always give the analogy of imagine that you're like all of your expertise sits behind you. People can't see it. And what sits behind you, like every piece of knowledge and expertise and experience that you have, each one of those is like one grain of sand. And it makes up this gorgeous, beautiful beach. All that knowledge, it's like a big, beautiful beach and it sits behind you. And unfortunately, people can't see what your knowledge is. They don't see the beach. So you give them these little grains of sand, these little things that feel really easy to you. And because they don't know about this big, beautiful beach behind you, they think that is the beach. And then they feel like, oh, well, I guess I don't really need to hire you because you kind of just gave me the answer. But you know, you didn't give them the full answer. You just gave them a little piece of advice, but it's not enough for them to achieve their outcome. The only way that's going to happen is by them hiring you. So instead of giving out free pieces of advice, you should be asking really smart questions that plant seeds about what is going to happen for this person as a result of working with you so that they feel satisfied of like, oh, I finally found somebody 
who can answer my questions and who can provide the answers once I pay them money. Yeah. And that really takes us into consultations or discovery calls, whatever you'd like to call it. Mm-hmm. A couple of things just to build on everything Nikki said there, which was really cool. Uh, the first thing um, is that, and you've all probably heard this before, I <laughs> just, I want to make sure I get it right. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I did get that right. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And it's absolutely true. And so asking those great questions, not sharing your expertise is really important. The other thing is, again, building on what Nikki mentioned, a potential client, when they're setting up a consultation with you, they think it's for them. It's for them to screen you to see if you're the right attorney for them. But let me let you in on a little secret. Consultation is actually for you. It's for you to determine, number one, is this client a really good fit for your services or should you refer them to somebody else? And number two, is the client themselves someone that you want to work with? It really is a qualifying call for you. And if that's all true, then the next step is to have them sign your fee agreement so that you can begin to advise them under attorney-client privilege. Nikki, any comments on that? I think that you nailed it. And the whole idea here is... The reason I I teach this kind of in a... I teach a five-step process to a sales conversation. Step three is what I call discovery. So often that is that consult call. And the idea and the reason I call it discovery, and I don't really care what you call it. You don't have to call it what I call it, as long as it makes sense to you. But the reason I teach it as discovery is that it is about understanding, does this person have a problem and a need? Do I have a solution? Do I want to work with this client? Because that's one of the brilliant things about most of the attorneys that I work with, they get to decide who their clients are. So just because somebody wants to hire you doesn't mean they're the right fit client. Could be because maybe the expertise to what their problem is doesn't match up. Or it could just be that you get a sense that this client, they're not going to be a good representation in the marketplace of my business. So you don't want to take on people that are not going to, frankly, be good ambassadors out in the marketplace about who you are. Because my guess is a lot of your business comes through referrals, comes from somebody saying, you know who you should talk to? You should talk to so-and-so because I've worked with this person and they're amazing. You don't want people out there that aren't good reps of your business. And since we're on the topic of consultation and discovery, Nikki, what would you say are maybe you know three of the most common mistakes that you've seen attorneys or, or other business professionals make during that discovery call or during that consultation? The first and most important thing that you have to do is create safety at the beginning of the call. And that means you need to pre-frame at the beginning of the call. Most people don't think about pre-framing. They don't think about creating safety. So the idea is create no like and trust. But before you can even create no like and trust, you have to create safety. And so the way to create safety is to let the other person know what's going to happen in the call. It also creates boundaries for you and what is going to happen, like what they're going to get from you out of this call. So an example of a pre-frame is just to set the stage. So I might say to you in a pre-frame, thank you so much for taking this time to meet with me today. The purpose of our call is to find out a little bit about what's going on in your situation, what specifically you're looking for, and see if I'm the right fit. We're scheduled to chat for about 15 minutes. Does that still work in your schedule? I'm going to check to make sure that the timing still works. That starts to show the other person, like, I'm going to respect your time. I'm also going to respect mine. Like, we're not going to be on this call for an hour. So you set the stage for how long that period of time is. And then once you get a yes from them that that still works, 
Then you say, now, in order to make this time meaningful and productive, may I start with a couple quick questions? Because if you let them start and lead the meeting, they're going to want to like go into story. And story is super interesting. I love story, but story is also a time suck. And it's something that oftentimes you don't need a lot of the story. You just need the the bare facts in order for you to determine, am I talking to an ideal client and do I have a solution for them? By letting them tell story, you'll eat up all that time. And then you'll you'll miss out on getting the time to then actually put an offer in front of them and get them signed up as a client. So you got to pre-frame at the start of the call. That's the first one. Yeah. The other the other one you might get uh, is in addition to the storyteller is you might get the interrogator. This is someone who has who thinks they've done all their homework and knows exactly what questions to answer or to ask rather. And it's just trying to get the best attorney. And so they will just try and grill you the entire time. Don't want that either. So yeah, yeah. definitely setting the preframe helps you set the stage for the meeting. It also helps you control the conversation. And that's right. You know, Nikki, there's a lot of different ways to do this, but I'm curious to hear how you, how you do it with your clients. When you're talking to someone about a sales process and we're and we're going into things like, you know, pre-framing and setting an agenda, which questions to ask, how to handle objections, how to close, we're going through all of those things. It's hard for someone who has not been exposed to it before to have all of that at their fingertips in their mind when they're actually having a conversation. That's a lot of stuff to keep track of while you're trying to listen to what the potential client is trying to tell you. What are some of the things that that you teach or that you do with your clients to help them retain all of this new sales technique information when they're actually having a sale call? The first thing I ask them to do is craft their preframe and practice saying it out loud. It's the very first part of the call. So it's really the only piece that I recommend somebody kind of memorize because the rest is conversation. So if you can just get that preframe so it feels really natural coming out of your mouth, just like, you know, think about as many times as whether you're in court or whether you're sitting across from somebody and negotiating there are probably some things that you tend to say often and and they just become like second nature. They roll off your tongue like it's just easy. The preframe can be that too. So I would recommend practicing it. And then the next piece is remember like you're the expert in this conversation. So you don't have to be perfect and you shouldn't sound like a, a robot either. So the rest of it becomes conversational. You're going to have a, a couple questions that you're going to want to ask. And you can have those written down in front of you if you want to. Or, you know, maybe you have it kind of on a sticky note if you're doing a Zoom consult or however you're doing that. You could have some of those questions there. And it's not that you have to ask every single question. It's just to help to give your brain that refresher of like, oh, yeah, I know where I'm going. I know where we are in the conversation. So any kind of way that prompts you to go, oh, this is the time for me to ask some questions. And then again, getting comfortable on that permission question, like how to move somebody to the next step. Once you've identified that it is somebody you'd like to work with, practicing that and then making sure that you know how to close. So I know it sounds like a lot, but it actually is very little that you need to commit to memory. Most of it is just reminding yourself, pre-frame right here, ask some questions, ask permission, close. And if you can get that, you've got it. Like everything else in between, whether you say it exactly this way or exactly that way, it's totally fine as long as you show up 
with a conversational tone. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to get it done. Love that. Spot on. I love having sales trainers and coaches on the podcast because we can go really deep on this stuff and I'm super passionate about it as well. So Nikki, if you could give us your go-to or your favorite close. My favorite is just to say, is this something you're ready to get started with? Love that. And then you wait. So as soon as you ask a close question, here's the most important thing. You stop talking. Any talking before the client response is called selling past the close and you do not want to do it. So you're kind of playing that game that you might have played as a kid, like whoever speaks second wins. You want to win in that particular thing. So you want to wait and let them respond. And and if that feels weird to say like, are you ready to get started? You could say the next step for us is to sign the contract. Would you like to do that now? Like just a really simple, and it is a very direct question. It's usually a, a closed question is a yes or no, because we need to help them get the solution that they want. And that means they need to make a decision. So you're essentially asking them, decide. <laughs> Are you ready to decide now? So you put it in a in a yes or no question. That's the close. Yes, no question. And I love that, the power of silence. And it can get really awkward because they're thinking through this big decision and and you desperately want to say something. But if you say something, you'll probably not get the deal. So you just have to be quiet. Nikki, let me ask you, you've sold to a lot of people. I've sold to a lot of people. Have you ever sold to a salesperson that's like called you out on using mm. silence? Because it's happened to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I have actually. <laughs> and so in those situations, when somebody wants to be like, oh, I know what you're doing right now. Then I would just say, Oh, I'm so glad you know. I'm gonna wait some more. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna happens. just like I'll be patient. And the whole idea, and if and if somebody's really like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak first, then I would just say, I I would probably ask another closed question, honestly. I would just say, Are you thinking about it or have you made a decision one way or the other? The one time it happened to me, I didn't even know what to do. So I just smiled back at them. And kept my mouth shut. <laughs> good <laughs> and for you. And then we both started laughing. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I mean, silence is an advanced selling skill, but the fact of the matter is, most like you know all that you know. We already established like you're an expert. You have so much knowledge, but your prospect, your potential client, they're hearing these things for the first time. And some people, believe it or not, this is not me, by the way, some people have a thought or they learn something and then they think about it. And then they think, what do I think about it before they make a decision, (laughs) right? Like not everybody is like, oh, I heard it. Here's my answer. So you have to be willing to give them that really important space and time for them to process whatever they're thinking about so they can make a decision. And if you're willing to give people, to me, it's a sign of respect to show somebody like, I'll wait. I'm not rushing you through it. Go ahead make your decision. Let's see what happens. Yeah. We should point out too, this is not manipulation. What we're doing is we're trying to have this be a comfortable conversation for your client and for you to see if it really makes sense for you both to move forward together. And these kinds of questions and techniques help get to that answer. And so you'll very quickly find that at the end of your 15-minute discovery call, you're going to have a good sense of yes, that's a potential client that you really want to work with, or no, this is someone that you want to refer to somebody else because for whatever reason, you two aren't a fit. And it really is about being the best fit to solve the client's problem at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. 100%. 
Nikki, what are some things that you're looking forward to with Sales Maven? Well, this week, I just launched my resource hub. It's called the Sales Maven Studio. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. It's a thank you. Congratulations. It's a year-long access that people get to training courses and scripts on different sales techniques, different sales situations. And um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about the Sales Maven Studio. Awesome. And uh, if people want to contact you or learn more about the Sales Maven Studio, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, if I may wrap it around a gift for your audience, that's what I'll I'll do. And that will be a way for us to be connected, but it will also be a way for them to get something for connecting with me. So I have a training. It's called Mastering the Sales Conversation. I mentioned earlier that I have a five-step process to the sales conversation. It's called the Selling Staircase. So in the Mastering the Sales Conversation, I break down the five steps and give you language suggestions. So you're going to get some of those permission questions and how to move people from one step to the next. And you can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash lawyer. And then that will be my gift to you and we'll be connected. That is wonderful. Thank you for making that offer, Nikki. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on Lawyer Business Advantage. It was great having you on the show. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember... You can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.